Last week I had my virtual and modern uh, dinners. Obviously no food. It was basically by Zoom. Had a great time. I want to share what was discussed. This is the first question that came up. We went around and had a excellent discussions. Great guys. They introduced themselves and, and we get started. Again, thanks Top Spanini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Comsey.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. And uh, here's the first question. Why did you pick modern as opposed to vintage? And very briefly, any episodes that especially struck you Modesty should prohibit some of you from picking the episodes that you were on, but any episodes that you think I should uh, do more of? So, Ken Capel, introduce yourself a little bit. Why did you pick Modern, and uh, what do you think I should do more or less of in the podcast? Thank you for having me. I'm honored with everybody here. I've listened to all of you one time or another here. I'm a modern collector. I am primarily, and I know Jeremy will love this, a hockey collector. I've been a hockey collector most of my life. I got back into card collecting after I got married and after we started having kids. And it coincided with, we were living in Ohio, which we still do, and the Columbus Blue Jackets took the ice on 2000. So it was so exciting because I started collecting. I got back into collecting a little bit more then. And I started collecting all the rookies and then all of the star players and everything. And I really got into it. So I just really started. And I love the rookies. So and that was the thing back in when I started collecting originally in the 70s and the 80s. I had already accomplished a lot of the rookie cards I wanted to get from that area. But I loved the just get everyone every year. And then you're able to watch them grow and develop. And you've always got that when that breakout star comes through, it's there. And with the way that Upper Deck does the young guns, I'm the big young gun collector. I love the variety. I love the chase. And I just love the look. And that was the thing when I really did get back into it. It was looking at the cards and seeing, okay, wait a minute. The cards I collected in the 70s and the 80s looked good, but these cards looked magnificent. And I just never looked back from there. I love a lot of the stories that you tell back in the day, reconnecting with your team, which was a phenomenal team from everything that you keep saying and I keep hearing. And just the stories about what it was like then, especially the stories when you go through the card shows through the decades. I I, I know you went through the 2000s and I can't wait to get to the 10s. Okay, you've you've almost out of bounds here, Ken, because your favorite episodes are the vintage episodes, apparently, but uh, that's okay. So Jordan, uh, give us a a quick uh, update of your passion for the hobby, which is for the hobby. Welcome, Jordan Hagedorn. Thank you for having me. Honored as always. Jim, I'm a 90s kid. So love Brett Favre, Barry Sanders, Ken Griffey Jr., Michael Jordan, a lot of those guys. Just love cards as a kid. Got back into the hobby in 2014 and have gone all in in the last seven, you know, eight years. I'm also obsessed with the new stuff. So you got Giannis and Aaron Rodgers being from Wisconsin. I'm a big fan of those guys. Christian Yelich as well. But just sports are on fire right now and sports cards, of course, too. But you're talking about the NBA is hot. I like a guy like Devin Booker. And there's just so many exciting stars. And it's crazy. All the guys from the 90s are older than me. But now all these current players are younger than me. So I fall right in the middle. Big fan of kind of old meets new. A guy like Patrick Mahomes reminds me a lot of Brett Favre. And then he just got a lot of exciting rookies. This is one of the best football rookie classes we've seen in a long time. And so just really exciting and really interesting. I think Panini's done a great job. Upper Decks, the, the brands have done a great job bringing a lot of this stuff to life and then capitalizing on and, and giving a lot of collectors what they want. It's been amazing. And I went, I came back in in 2014, bought a lot of the cards that I dreamed of having as a kid, as the crowning jewel, the green PMG Brett Favre, which is something I never dreamed of owning and never even really knew it existed in the 90s. I've come back with a vengeance, so to speak. It's been a lot of fun. 
I think a lot of us have been very aggressive in coming back. I would love, I started for the hobby podcast. I have some exciting news coming probably in the next six to 12 months as well, just about how I'm going to take things to the next level with For the Hobby. But For the Hobby was created to bring together like-minded people in the hobby and uplift and elevate the hobby. And it's been a lot of fun to do that. Something I'd like to see more of is just people dropping their guard and kind of losing the greed and some of these things in the hobby that will be why there's a correction. This hobby dinner was amazing. I was there in person last year. And and then this is just really cool to have a voice and, and really have a think tank of sorts. From a podcast standpoint, what you've done is is really fun. To Ken's point, sharing old school stories. What I would love to see more of is old school meets new school. So you and I have become connected. It's just really cool to get to talk to somebody who I consider a hero and on the Mount Rushmore of the hobby. I introduced you to a couple of gentlemen in Dallas that you connected with. And I think it'd be really cool to see some of these new school guys, some of these younger shop owners and guys that just have a whole different perspective on the hobby. I would love to see more of that. A lot of these guys really would love to honor you and talk to you about some of these things and pick your brain. But it's also really fun to hear your questions for kind of the younger generation as well, which is mostly 80s, 90s, and modern. Thank you, Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy Lee, Jeremy, what interested you? I thought you might pick a vintage. I said to you originally, I could do either of them because I collect 1888 to 2021. So I I feel like I could have done either of them, Jim, but so I'm happy you slotted me into modern. It's more, more current and today and all that, but a bit about myself. I've been in the hobby my whole life. My first memory of cards was like 1978. And uh, fast forward right through in terms of my kind of connection to modern, I remember when the high end stuff started coming out in the mid 2000s with hockey's the cup, I got really excited by that. And the first memorabilia, the first autographs or early mem and autographs really enjoyed that. I even remember the first time that a, a rookie card came out that had a piece of memorabilia. And I thought, is this even fair? Is this allowed? Can you have a rookie card that has these special attributes? And I had to get my head around that. Fast forward to my involvement in the hobby. I've owned a a website called Hobby Insider for almost 10 years now that's a a hobby community. So I've been in touch with various industry insiders and collectors. And now I'm doing my show, Sports Cards Live, which keeping up on many different topics. And I thoroughly enjoy it. You've been a guest on my show. Jordan's been on the show before with me. I like participating in the Hobby Hotline panel uh, show as well on Saturday mornings. So I love the hobby. I love all the cards. I love the modern cards. I also really enjoy what's happening now with a revival of the 90s insert. If I took it any time off the hobby, it was in the second half of the 90s where I just wasn't quite as involved. So now, again, being mostly a hockey collector, also a basketball collector, I really like what Upper Deck has done in the 2010s in terms of bringing back really cool inserts. And now with the upcoming Skybox Metal Universe product that will be due in April, throw back to a lot of 90s inserts again. That's where I'm at on modern stuff at the moment. Also really like the OPG Platinum cards. It's Prism, if you will, with all the various uh, parallels. I think they're really cool. I like the different card stocks and designs that they're they're uh, bringing out for those. So that, yeah, that's pretty much um, where I'm at with modern cards. As far as your podcast goes, Jim, I listen to it. I really enjoy it. I have a couple of favorites. My favorites uh, are the ones where you discussed deferred gratification. Again, not necessarily right on point with modern cards, but certainly on point with a modern hobby. So deferred gratification, you talk about seller FOMO versus uh, buyer FOMO in one of your episodes as well. And I know I've talked to you about this before, but I really enjoy when you talk about topics that make you think about how you approach the hobby, make you think about how others approach the hobby, expand how you can look at it. I always like to think that while I have my way of doing things, I'm op- if someone presents me with an idea or a method or an approach that I think makes sense and it resonates with me, I'm going to make it my own. I'm going to include it in my own. So I find that your podcast can really open your mind, uh, not just with those episodes, but also just, you know, as Jordan mentioned, going back and talking with your good friend, Rich Klein and reminiscing. I've recently picked up this card here. And to me, it's an important card because it, it's the highest graded quad nine, five BGS nine, five, Dr. Jim Beckett, the third tops rookie card. 
And I love things that represent the history of the hobby, the evolution of the hobby. You certainly do that just in being who you are. I also enjoyed your episode with Victor Roman talking about the rookie card and just challenging ideas, challenging the way we think. So yeah, that's what I enjoy. Just to recap there, you know, what Jordan was saying about greed, one of the antidotes for greed is thinking because greed can be a very emotional thing. You get swept up in it. And if Jeremy's saying, if people can just stop and think that getting rich quick, there's plenty of opportunities to make money in this industry. If you push it too hard, though, you're pushing it beyond the limits. Okay, let's go to Jason. Welcome to the show. Sure. Thanks. Thanks, Dr. Beckett. Humbled and honored to be here and to be joined with all of you. During my day, somewhere between 80 plus hours a week, I'm on Wall Street. I manage bond portfolios and I live that life. So a lot of this, I think through the lens of a portfolio manager and and looking it through that way. I also had the lens of someone who had stacks of Beckett magazines from my childhood and tons of cards. I grew up in the New York, uh, New Jersey area. For some reason, my favorite player was Kirby Puckett because everyone else liked Mattingly and I was a righty and Puckett was a righty and that of that time, actually. And then I lived in London from 2010 to 2017 and and got into football, as they call it. You all might refer to it as soccer. And I have two boys, which obviously is the accelerant for the re-entry back into the hobby in more recent modern era. And my kids are are obsessed with basketball and soccer and and a lot of the things that that are hot now. And actually, my little guy is, is really into the Pokemon. So I've dived into the Pokemon world, which is quite an interesting little world to get to know. But To me, it's an amazing way to be a father. It's an amazing way to get your kids away from screens and all that stuff. I take my 11-year-old to a card show this weekend, and the amount of people that perk up and saying, it's great you two are together, it's great you're together, and pointing at this, and dad, is this guy a Hall of Famer? Dad is this, dad is this. Passing from one generation to another, the information and sharing stories of, yeah, I remember when Starks actually dunked over Jordan and and that was like a thing on one day, even though Jordan got the better of him for many more years. And actually, one of the things that we did was we took the boys up to uh, Cooperstown on Labor Day weekend. And actually, it was one of the best decisions because it was completely empty. It was time tickets. You could go in, obviously pretty strict with the masks, but you go around and I picked up the 84 Fleer Update Pucket card when I was in Cooperstown. That was my personal grail card as a kid because the 84 Update was this weird set you can never find anywhere. It wasn't like you were buying a pack and pulling it out. And the fact that I got it with my kids up in Cooperstown and, and did that whole thing, it's a little extra layer of special and fun. And really, it's Nana's. You can't go into to a store and buy a pack anymore, but it's been a great way to to connect with the kids. And, and to me, when it comes to your podcast and thinking about the hobby, I, I find it funny. Everyone calls it the hobby when it's really a business for most people. But it's this idea of the intersection of the business and the hobby, obviously very timely this week with everything that's going on at PSA, timely with uh, Nat Turner, timely with Top Shot and what's going on with the Golden and the Bill Simmons and the Kevin Garnett investments. I'm just fascinated by what that looks like. If someone said, oh, buy the rookies of every year. I'm thinking maybe there should be a mutual fund product where you just buy all the rookies of the sports, it goes into the 2016 fund and you can buy it and all the rookies are in that year. And then there's a 2017 fund. And and so I think about the kind of the intersect, the kind of the investment business opportunities, but my fear is that this business and investing and all these things rip it away from why we're all here today, which is when we were kids or with our dads or whatever, we had that moment. Now my kids are having that, but I feel fortunate to be in that position. But we have a lot of friends in town who just can't tracking down a box of cards or, or look up Don Russ hobby box of for a thousand dollars tomorrow feels crazy town for eight year olds. We were giving them away as packs as goodie bags at 
birthday parties and that just doesn't fly anymore. So that's the perspective by which I'm coming from here. And uh, thanks for including me. We hear you, Jason. Thank you. Okay, Mike, you're last man up for introducing yourself for those who are not aware. You got a great podcast, but just quickly on the, the modern aspect. Yeah. So Mike Summer, I write at waxpackhero.com and and podcast with the Waxpack Hero Sports Card Minute. And the reason that I chose modern as my preferences is really because my main theme of both the, the website and the podcast is combining both the hobby and business sides of collecting. And for me right now, the hobby piece is that vintage piece, but what I do from the business side is almost purely focused on the modern aspect. And so that is where I'm doing a lot of the buying and selling right now is of cards of the modern era. I grew up in the 80s and the 90s is when I was doing my primary collecting. When I came back into the hobby, it was 2015. And so it's been a good five or six years now where I've been building up and learning about all of these things that have happened in the gap years from the mid nineties to the teens where I wasn't collecting. And so that's been a big focus right now for me because that's where a lot of the buying and the selling comes into play. As far as what I enjoy about your show, Dr. Beckett, a lot of it is the stories from the past, stories from when you ran the company and the stories of how the hobby grew into a business from the 80s on. And and the reason I enjoy that is because of the way that we can apply those things to our current situation. There's so many new collectors coming into the market and a lot of people returning to the market, but almost all of these issues that are hot button issues right now, people think it's the first time or it feels like people think that it's the first time we've seen those issues. But when we hear the stories that you share and that Rich shares, we learned that this isn't new. This happened in the 60s and this happened in the 70s and this happened in the 80s. We're just in a new version of that same situation that has happened in the past. And I love to learn from those things that happened in the past so we can figure out how to navigate the situations that we find ourselves in today. And so I really appreciate hearing those stories from the hobby past so that I can then internalize that and figure out what that means for where we are today. The man- 